Take your Bibles, please. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 44. Genesis chapter 44. Again, reading in just a few moments. First of all, verse 18, and then we'll skip down and start with verse 27. The previous four weeks, we've looked at the story of Joseph. Looked at it, and probably you thought it was just about every angle. But let me just summarize for you, you know, his story. You remember he was the father's favorite son. Father showed favoritism plainly to him in giving him that special coat. His brothers were jealous of them. He was next to the youngest, ten older brothers. They ended up selling him as a slave when they had the opportunity. And he ended up as a slave in Egypt. Worked there for a while as a slave, falsely accused, thrown in prison. Stayed in prison for several years. Finally, he got the opportunity to be released because he could interpret dreams. And he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams about the seven years of plenty and then the seven years of famine that were going to come. And he was so good in interpreting that dream and had such a plan devised already for dealing with that situation that Pharaoh and his advisors set him up as second in command in all of Egypt. And then, on down the road a while, his brothers showed up needing grain. They questioned them, accused them of being spies, finally let them go back, but saying, don't come back again unless you bring the youngest brother, his full brother, Benjamin, with them. Well, when they were pressed by the famine, they had to go back, and they had to take Benjamin. Now, Jacob, the father, didn't want Benjamin to go. He was the youngest. He was the son of old age. He didn't want him to go. But, you know, had to take him if they were going to get anything to eat. So they went back. Joseph fed them all in his house, still didn't reveal to them who he was. They didn't recognize him. Sent them on their way with full packs of grain. But Joseph had his servant put Joseph's special silver cup in Benjamin's bag of grain. Then after they had had a chance to get down the road a ways, he sent after them. Somebody had stolen his cup. And the, Joseph's servant came and he, he costed the brothers and he said to them, you know, whichever one of you have done this is going to go back and be a slave. So he started searching the bags. Finally, very the last came to Benjamin's bag. There was the cup. What were they going to do? Their father was going to be devastated. He had lost one son. He couldn't take losing another. All of them went back, threw themselves down before Joseph. And then we see what Judah, one of the brothers, had to say as he went before Joseph. Then Judah went up to him. Now that took some courage. He was the man that was second in command. He was just a lowly shepherd. Then Judah went up to him and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant speak a word to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. Then verse 27. Your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me, and I said, He has surely been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too, and harm comes to him, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. So now if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father... 
And if my father's, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that if the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come upon my father. Judah. Judah, the man who came up with the idea of selling Joseph as a slave and talked the rest of his brothers into it, now came back to stand before Joseph himself, powerful now, second in command, and said, I can't let this happen to my father. I guaranteed him that the boy would be safe with me. You know what it's like, surely, to see a father go through that kind of misery. I promised my father I would take care of him. Let me fulfill that vow. I will be your slave. What a change. What a change. From the man who sold one of his brothers into slavery, coming to the place where he was saying, I'll be a slave in the place of my other brother. Isn't it good to know that people can change? Joseph revealed himself to his brothers when he knew that they had changed. Now, they needed to change. You know, earlier in life, they were a pretty sorry lot. They were selfish. They were jealous. They were vindictive. But time and the working of God and seeing what their father had gone through changed them. And Joseph realized it, and he revealed himself. And there was a great family reunion and they were blessed from then on. But I want you to think for a few moments this morning about Judah. Judah was willing to stand in the place of Benjamin. For all Judah know, Benjamin was probably guilty. But Judah was saying, no matter what, I'll take his place. I will be his substitute. I will be his substitute. Substitute is someone willing to stand in the place of another, to take the place of another. Now, you, you probably know about substitutes. If you ever went to public school, you had a substitute teacher every now and then. I substituted a while. The first year I was in seminary, that was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in my life. Golly, going into strange situations where you didn't know the kids, and they were thinking, oh boy, here's a substitute, it's party time. And some of the schools that I was going into, even back then, and that was a year or two ago, they, that was a, they had plainclothes policemen in them then. Some of them were rough. It's not easy being a substitute. Sometimes, sometimes you hear about a, a hostage situation, and there's a, one of the hostages taken has some kind of health issue or something like that, and, and a policeman will agree to be the substitute and take that person's place. Well, that may well cost him or her uh, their life. 
substitute, willing to take the place of someone else. Guess what? We need a substitute. We need a substitute because we're sinners. We're sinners by nature and we're sinners by choice. We do wrong things. We're selfish. We get jealous. We can be vindictive. We can sell off those close to us for one reason or another. We're sinners. And we can't do anything about it. The Bible says that when you're a sinner, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. What can a dead person do for himself? What can a dead person do for herself? You can't do anything if you're dead. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, and nothing we can do can merit anything whatsoever before God Himself. And the big problem is God can't allow sin into heaven. Sin cannot exist in the presence of God. He is a holy God. He is a righteous God. He is a sinless God. And as long as we're in our sin, we don't ever get to heaven. And there's nothing we can do about it ourselves. So we need a substitute. And God provided one. And that substitute is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the sinless one. The one who never did anything wrong. The one who was always without sin. The perfect Son of God. He was willing to take our place. He was willing to pay the penalty for our sin. He was willing to go to the cross and die in our place, though we're the ones that deserve to die on the cross because of the wrongs we've already done. We deserve to die. Jesus died for us. Jesus became our substitute. He took the penalty so that we wouldn't have to. He had the courage, and He had the compassion, and He had the love, and He had the strength, and He had the means to become our substitute, and He did. Scripture sums it up well. For all have sinned, that includes me and you, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by the grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. It's His doing. It's His sacrifice that allows us to be forgiven even though we were sinners. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. Wow. Wow. Jesus is our sacrifice of atonement. That means that our sin has been covered. Our sin has been paid for. We don't have to bear the consequences of it, nor the guilt of it anymore. Simon Peter put it this way, For you know that, you were, that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the uh, empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The perfect Son of God became our substitute. Think for a moment about Judah speaking before Joseph. 
pleading for Benjamin to be set free and asking that he might take his place. Now, put yourself in Benjamin's place. If you had been there and you were Benjamin and you heard your older brother saying this to Joseph, how would you have felt? Would you have been surprised? Wow, I can't believe he's doing that. Would you be humbled? I can't believe he's doing that for me. Would you be grateful? Oh, I am so thankful he's doing that. Would you be relieved? I don't have to stay in prison for the rest of my life. Would you be amazed? Here is one paying the price for me. Somebody paid the price for you. Somebody became your substitute. He was willing to be bruised for your iniquities. He was willing to take the punishment for your transgressions. He was willing to take the peace that he wanted you to have and he paid for it himself by allowing you to be punished. Allowing himself to be punished as your substitute. Scripture says that all of us like sheep have gone astray and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He became our substitute. As we come to the Lord's table, and we are reminded that Jesus is our substitute. How do you feel? Surprised that He would do that for you? Humbled that He would do that for you? Grateful that He would do that for you? Relieved that He would do that for you so that you don't have to spend eternity in hell. Amazed that the perfect Son of God would do that for you.